Hail the flashlight king. Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. It's Reavers here in the GL Podcast Studios with a one-off best of Garage Logic, and I was on my way in today driving, and I was thinking about the word change and how some things change and yet they stay the same, but just a couple of years ago, how different things can be than they are on a day like today. And I started to think about an interview that Joe had. Let's see. This was... February 22nd of 2019, we were still not quite a year into being strictly in podcast format, and we were tipped off uh, by a GLer, a supportive GLer, who had a connection to Pinal County, Arizona Sheriff Mark Lamb, talking about the uh, the border situation down in Arizona. This is 2019, ladies and gentlemen, and I wanted to re-listen to this interview selfishly. But how, how much things have changed in just, what, four years, essentially, four and a half years. And that's the theme of the day in Garage Logic is the word change. So I want you to listen to this with a fresh set of ears. If you haven't heard this already, it was an eye-opening conversation from a guy who was at the eye of the storm. And this just in, border security has been a topic of conversation around the country. So I wanted to re-listen to this, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Joe and Arizona Sheriff Mark Lamb right here in the best of Garage Logic. All right, this is where the magic happens. Garage Logic Podcast 104. <laughs> Feb 22, 2019. 22 below in 1873 on this day and 62 degrees in 2017. I don't remember that. That's only two years ago. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's what the temperature was two years ago. And now, from the mayor's office above two the years boathouse... Ago. On the yeah. east shore of Spoon Lake. Snowing in it's L.A. Garage today. Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media. John Hyde in the newsroom. And occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. We uh, received an email from a listener... Dennis Wolf, isn't that correct, Reeves? Uh, uh, he nodded. For for the record, Chris nodded. Did he? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pick up the phone. Sorry. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Uh, Dennis. This fellow was vacationing in Arizona, and he was watching the local news about the drug influx into the country. He included a link to the story for us, and uh, it features uh, Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb. And it turns out that Sheriff Mark Lamb is Dennis Wolf's friend's Son-in-law. Everybody got that? Okay. So it's Dennis Wolf's buddy. Uh, buddy has a daughter uh, married to Mark Lamb. And uh, Dennis uh, said, I can get him to join you. Uh, and we would, and we're going to do that momentarily. Uh, and uh, he's in the middle of uh, drug enforcement work in Arizona. Sheriff Mark Lamb, is it Pinal County? Is that how I pronounce it? Yeah, Pinal County. Pinal, Pinal County. And, uh, Sheriff, uh, we were alerted to you by a buddy, and uh, you are uh, maybe could give us a, 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 an eyewitness account of what we see in the news every day. Uh, you're actively involved in uh, attempting to stop the influx of drugs into this country, correct? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that I can give you a good look at what's happening in the news, because who knows what they report. Well, that's but, uh, true. <laughs> I can tell you that, uh, you know, this is, as far as border security, you know, this has been a hot topic in the country. And we as sheriffs have really been vocal about it, especially down here on the southwest border, because this is something that we deal with every day. And what we don't stop, people think that it stays in the southwest. Well, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you right now that the majority that comes into this country, and if Right now, the you know we're we're seeing about forty percent of all illegal drugs coming in through the borders of Arizona wow. that come to, that come into this country. So, what lands in Minnesota and Nebraska and the, the Carolinas, 
you know, we feel a real responsibility to try to stop that before it gets out into the country. Well, let's get this established right off the bat. Um, I'm going to take a wild guess and, and assume you're a proponent of a wall, or am I incorrect? I am a proponent of the wall. I am a proponent of border security. Mm-hmm. I just I think that the wall is a key piece of it, but it's not the end-all, be-all, fix-all. It is a key piece, and we work on the technology piece of it. That becomes a proverbial wall. Um, we've got to make sure that we've got our staffing levels right. And I'd love to see more funding come down to some of the local agencies to help out with the, uh, with the, with the mission. Sheriff, take us through a, uh, an example of who brings the drugs into this country, how and where. And that's a great question because this is what I've told people. It's not about immigration anymore. This is about drug trafficking and human trafficking into this country. It almost always has a nexus to those two things. We have, um, we have uh, the cartel that runs all these routes. So when you want to come into this country, if you want to work here, the cartel is going to charge you, mm-hmm. and they're most likely going to make you bring drugs into the country for them. And... And the women are paying by, they're raping the women, they're using children as pawns in this whole thing. Um, What we see is, I'm not a border county, I'm about 70 miles off the border, but on the south end of my county is a a large Indian reservation. And there's only a three-strand barbed wire fence, and in some places there's no fence. Um, They can just walk across and uh, right into our country, and and it's about a six-day hike up to the I-8 interstate, which connects up to the I-10. Let me take you back to the cartel. So if you're a bad guy in Mexico and you want to get into this country illegally, you have to literally pass through the cartel's territory? Yeah, you've got to pay the cartel. Cartel catches you and you didn't pay, you got big problems. Well, what if I, so in other words, the cartel uh, is going to determine whether I can walk past them or not? The cartel is going to determine whether you can use that route to get into this country. You know, you used to find guys that still knew a way to get in here, and they didn't do it through the cartel. But, Mm -hmm. see, the cartel is a billion-dollar business, and they realize that there's just as much money, if not more money, in people than drugs. Mm -hmm. And so they've – and that's a free transportation system. Not only is it free, the people are paying the cartel for their transportation system. How does the cartel get paid back? The cartel, they collect up front. You don't, there's no no pay, no come across okay. the border. All right. And then uh, what they'll do is they'll saddle you with a backpack of marijuana or have you bring some fentanyl pills or heroin into the country. And uh, so they pay. And you know what we see is a lot of times when they pay, they pay, you know, whatever. Let's say it's $3,500 or $5,000. When they get here, the cartel a lot of times is saying, hey, by the way, you got here, so now you owe us another twenty five hundred. Sheriff, this is a rookie. I'm, I'm on the uh, podcast with Joe. Um, my question is: Can you tell? Do you know? A, a, can you tell a difference between uh, the the cartel people that are being forced to do this and maybe an innocent person that's just trying to look for work? Is there a distinction of any type? So there's there's always usually one or two coyotes, depending on the group and depending on what they're bringing across. It is very difficult to tell the coyote apart, and they do it on purpose because that way if the coyote gets caught, then they just round them all up and send them back, and the coyote goes back with them. Okay. So the coyote is the guy that is employed by the cartel to make sure that the delivery makes its final destination and show them the way. And uh, that cartel, that coyote is, is not easily distinguishable, but they often – we can usually – if you have a guy that does this enough or, or a squad or a task force that does this enough, we can usually pretty, uh, with a pretty high probability pick who it is. Got it. How much of your work day is, is constructed around this work, stopping the drug well, influence? This time of year, if mm-hmm. I were to go out there, I could catch them every night. We mm-hmm. took the news out, and we caught two different crew, groups totaling 12 bodies in one night and have a truck full of marijuana. Um, two days later, we got into a little mini pursuit, six guys bailed out. We got six bodies and, uh, and another truck full of marijuana. So, I mean, we could go out there almost every night and, uh, catch them. 
And you're between Tucson and Phoenix. You're the third largest county in the state. So they're what? They're 70, 80 miles from the border by the time they're in your county? Yes. So here's the other key piece. They know this. When they're on the reservation, the feds have a threshold of 500 pounds of marijuana. So if Border Patrol catches them on the reservation, then they're not going to get a charge because they're carrying a 30 or a 40 or a 50-pound backpack of marijuana. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to catch those charges from the feds. They'll just take them, send them back. They know it's five miles from the, the reservation line to the I-8 interstate. They know that if they get caught in that five miles, they're going to catch charges in our state, and we're going to take them and book them in jail, and they're going to go through the process for having you know, a backpack full of marijuana. So that last five miles is a crucial five miles for them, and that's, that's the cat and mouse game right there, that, that last five miles. What implications will the continuing legalization of marijuana have on this? Those guys will just ch- uh, change to what, meth and fentanyl and opioids and whatever? Well, we already have uh, intel that they've changed well over 20,000 acres of marijuana fields to poppy seed fields because our appetite here in America has shifted to an appetite of, of opiates, uh, heroin. And so they're, they're more than happy to try to feed that appetite that we have here in America. So they've already shifted a lot of it, and a lot of it is because of the legalization in several states. But don't think the cartel doesn't come up here and get their hand in that business, too. All we did was eliminate the transportation piece of it for them. Now they can come up here and strong-arm people and and be part of this business up here in states where it's already legalized. In your estimation, is this a national emergency? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we... I think that if one American, you know, is hurt a week, the statistics will show you that there's thousands of Americans being victimized every year by people who are in this country illegally. Mm -hmm. And they're bringing, and that's not even taken into consideration the damage that the drugs are doing to our communities and our children and our, our mothers, our fathers. I mean, it's, it's, it truly is a problem. And so where you have to stop it is you have to stop it at the points of entry on the border that's the border security piece of it. So, yeah, it absolutely is a crisis, and we're glad that we finally have a president that's that's taking that serious and and not just letting this problem continue. When they, if they get past you and they get to Phoenix, I got to think it's just harder than hell to find them. Then it is. Phoenix is four point five million people yeah, there. Yeah, it's you know you and they. It, Every step, they become more and more difficult to find. And trust me, they're not staying in Phoenix. Like I said, they're, that's, a, that's a little piece of it. Some of the drugs stay there, some of the people. But the majority of these people want to get inland because the chances of having ICE or Border Patrol in those states are slim to none. And so what you'll find is they, if they can get into those interior states, the, the, the likelihood of de- deportation is lower. And, um, you know, it's a problem. What do you make of uh, the uh, politicians, uh, left-leaning politicians, who not only don't want a wall, but they want to abolish ICE? What goes through your mind when you attempt to deal with that? You know, it's a shame. These people, it drives us crazy because they're talking and they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, but a lot of these people, what's, what's more shameful, and I think during the State of the Union address it was very apparent, Trump could get up there and say, you know, a million dollars for everybody or free health care for everybody. And the left would throw a fit. Why? Because they hate our president. Yep. And that is a shame. We have lost what America was built on, which is being able to be different, but come to the table and, and find common sense solutions to problems. And it's okay that we have differences of opinions, but to have what they, what is, is we're seeing in this country is very dangerous. And, uh, and our Congress people are, are, are setting a very poor example for the rest of the people in this country. We have, you know, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Now that's my we golf as Americans, game. we keep voting in the same exact people, and then we expect a different result. Right. So we're, we're, we're a large in part to blame for what's going on because – we have failed and we have continued to send the same Pelosi's and other people back there who are doing no good for this country. Do you see or do you get a feel that residents of Arizona have a have a better um, 
experience and know full well that this is a problem as opposed to somebody sitting in New York or New Hampshire or, or Washington? No doubt. There's no doubt that we have a better feel for it. And that's why as sheriffs in the border states, we encourage any other sheriff or anybody who wants to come and see the border and see the problems we're dealing with. Even my local news who lives, who is in Phoenix, when we took them out, the newscaster said to me, she goes, I had no idea it was like this. Mm-hmm. She goes, I knew, but I didn't, I didn't know. Um, anybody that we've taken out to see it, to see the trash they leave in the desert, mm-hmm. um, to see the destruction on the, on the ranches, cutting the, the wires, you know, cows choking on tuna cans that they leave out in the, uh, in the ranch lands. I mean, these are the things that we feel firsthand. And so absolutely we get a, a good look at it, but Having said that, like I said, these people aren't staying here. So a lot of them are ending up in the Carolinas and Georgia and all these places. And, and they're still feeling the effects of, of, of some of those things well, well into the country. Sheriff, uh, one thing you mentioned at the beginning of the interview was using children. And I know that's one of the things that particularly the left likes to gleam on is how are they doing this to people that are families where in most cases there's essentially no connection to the children that are being used in these photographs crossing the border. I want you to touch on that a little bit more because I don't think the average person realizes just what these people are capable of. So I was at a National Sheriff's Association meeting last week in D.C., and I sat down with uh, a couple sheriffs out of the Dallas, Texas area, and they have a really good interdiction program that they do. Well, they were telling me that three times now in the last few months, they have pulled cars over with children in the back seat that have no idea who the people in the front seat are. And those people in the front seat have no idea who those children are. They are, they are playing on our emotions here in America. They know that our sentiment is this has become a very strong um, uh, point for the left to push this children thing. But don't think that the cartel doesn't turn around and use that against us. And they absolutely do. We have a, a lot of intel where they get across the border and then they're just leaving these children on the other side of the border. The cartel will pay a family to, to allow them to use their child to get a to get people across. This is a business. And the quicker Americans start to understand that the cartel is making billions of dollars off of this and, and exploiting our public sentiment, the better off we'll be. How dangerous is this work for you and your people? Anytime you're, you're, you're dealing with somebody who's bringing drugs into the country or who just paid $5,000 to get here, his whole life savings, and now the police officer's behind him, um, trying to pull them over, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous. You know, we've we have people. We've we I've seen um, uh, pictures of guys with AK-47s and horses and coming across our borders. I've we've recovered several guns. You know, we have people that will the, the cartel will put scouts in the mountaintops to make sure that they protect the loads from both law enforcement and rip crews. So very dangerous. It's always very dangerous. Anytime you're you know, you're trying to stop somebody from bringing either illegal drugs or humans into this country. It's dangerous. We just elected a, a state attorney uh, 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 general here in Minnesota, a guy named Keith Ellison, and he's he's a leading uh, proponent of suing uh, to stop the building of the wall. I, I wish you could address these kinds. I wish you could address these people and make them understand what it's like when you're actually there on the ground. You know, and they'll find some obscure statistic. I was in a group last night and and uh, there was both parties, and um, majority of the people understand that. But I had one gentleman who's not, and he said, look, statistics show that crime is low in the border cities. Well, of course, because they don't stay there. That's not where they're staying. So you, the, the opposition can always find statistics that support what they want to say. But the, the actuality is you have – over 3,000 sheriffs that delivered a letter to the president. I was there at the White House saying, we support ICE. We need border security. Um, so it's a problem across this country. And uh, those people like your attorney general should do a better job of educating themselves before they start being a proponent of something so dangerous and so reckless for this country. Well, I guess I got to tell you to don't hold your breath when it comes to our guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sheriff, you know, and 
And that's what a lot of people will say that. They'll say, well, you know, there's nothing you can do. This is, well, you know, I am only one, but I am one. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is if more Americans start taking it and saying, hey, I'm going to take a stand with this, then then we will eventually start changing some of those people. But you're right. A lot of these people will never change their mind, but hopefully we can at least make them insignificant. Sheriff, you referenced the uh, the reservations a little bit earlier, the Salt River, Pima, Maricopa Indian uh, people. Are they being used as, as pawns in some way, or is the cartel taking advantage of them somehow? So that reservation is where I started my career, but that's not the reservation that's the south end of our county. Okay. Um, the, the reservation on the south end of our county is the Tahano Odom Indian Reservation. Okay. And, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that the tribe is helping them, but there are tribal members, and we've actually had plenty of cases where tribal members are being paid by the cartel to help those people get up to our county and up to this area to be able to uh, get on the I-8 freeway, the I-10 and uh, basically get into Phoenix and and disappear into our country. So, yeah, there are a lot of people. And you have people down there. Those are very remote villages. If the cartel comes in and says, hey, I'll give you $5,000 to bring these five people up to the county line, there's a lot of people that are going to do that. Hmm. Help me understand something. In Nogales, is there a formal checkpoint where you could legally apply to come into the country? Yeah, Nogales is is one of the, the... checkpoints. Nogales is a very unique city because it's like on the American side, it's like 30,000 people, but it's like 500,000 people on the Mexican side. And that city, that city has always had a very ebb and flow of people coming in and that work in Nogales or on the, on the U S side and then go home to Mexico at night. Um, And so that one is a different, there's still a lot of drugs coming across the ports. But how that community interacts is very different because of, you know, they work together. Um, that's where the case with a lot of border counties or border cities. Where we struggle with it is in the, the cities more on the more as you get further and further in the interior. Well, what you're struggling with are the guys scurrying across the desert on foot. No barriers. They're just flooding in. Yeah. Well, we do that, and then we have the I-8, I-10 interchange, Mm -hmm. and we have interdiction units. We recovered 17 pounds of meth the other day. Uh, We recover cash all the time. Um, We have guys out there stopping people every day, and these are obviously vehicles that are coming through the ports of entry. Mm -hmm. Not only that, they're coming through at, uh, you know, like out in Texas. Uh, Those guys are stopping people up in Dallas, which is obviously not on the border. But they're stopping people up there that are bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash and and hundreds of pounds of illegal drugs. Man, you got your work cut out for you, sir. We do. We definitely do. But, you know, we do our part. We keep pushing on. And uh, I can tell you, I say this again, whether you like the president or not, he has been very supportive to law enforcement, and it's much appreciated and uh, President Trump has been very supportive on this issue of protecting our borders. And and I, I, I wish that all the people knew what, what a great impact that it will have on the country if they would just allow us to do what we need to do. Sheriff Mark Lamb, thank you very much. I hope we can stay in touch in the future. Absolutely. Give me a call anytime. And uh, I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to somebody who's down here on the front lines and, and dealing with it because that's what more people need to do is understand the the real impact that it has. All right, Sheriff Mark Lamb, thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. All right. God bless. Have yeah, a good one. Yeah, you bet. He is a constitutional wow. conservative. I can't get over his job every day. Uh, the, the desperation of the people that he... In, it's bad enough if That's you're in St. Paul or downtown, but to have that threat hanging over you every time you're pulling someone over, I couldn't do it. I'd and be, keep this a, in mind. He also said that he's 70, is it 70 miles north of the, the They're border? They're about 75. They're, he's, he's between, uh, that county is between Tucson and Phoenix. And folks, that county is the size of the state of Connecticut. Right. He's got a big, it's the third largest county in Arizona. Good Lord. And he's got a lot of territory to cover. Well, and, and I think. But doesn't the, that give you a different view yes, of what's it does. taking place? It, it does. And that's why I wanted to ask the question about children, because I know you're not a social media guy, Joe, but when no. you look at this, the people that are always crying and whining about how can they separate the family? Folks, wake up. They're, yeah. They are using kids as pawns in this game. 
He looks like a sheriff from Arizona, doesn't he? I do whatever he tells oh, me to do. I put the, my hands I'm up. I'm going to say yes, sir. I, I, when I talked to him He's yesterday. He's about the size of a beer keg. Right. <laughs> when He's I talk, a big boy. When I talked to him yesterday, I, the I spent 90 seconds with him. Like, oh, my God, he's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Got the I, cowboy hat going. Oh, man. Yeah. Godspeed to you, oh. sir. All right. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll be back. You know, the investment game can be awfully tricky, especially in these volatile times. And that's why you need the best and also somebody that you can trust. And that's why I rely on Josh Arnold. We know him as Mr. Money Talk around these parts. And he's here for you. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute no-obligation consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Josh has been at this a long time with a track record of success, and he's here to help you. So give him a call today. No obligation. That's right. No obligation. It's absolutely free. 952-925-5608. And tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. Not a Garage Logic Town Council member. Here's what you're missing. It's Grant's birthday, so we need to wish Grant a birthday. Who's Happy that? birthday. Grant produces Lori and Julia down the hall. I don't know Grant. Grant is the kid. And I don't give a <laughs> that it's his birthday. <laughs> yeah, why, why do I have to do that? Well, no, Rocco's is putting it, together yeah. something. Tell Grant to kiss my big fat butt. That's his birthday <laughs> wish. Grant, I, kiss uh, it. Hey, Grant, if I knew who you were, I'd wish you a happy birthday. Grant had you sign that really cool microphone. BFD. <laughs> Grant's, okay. Grant's a good, good fella. Grant's one of the nicest kids in the building. He really that's, is, and he's a that's huge why I don't fan like of the you, show. Grant. You're way <laughs> too nice. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Thank you to Sheriff Mark Lamb. I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna enjoy talking to him again. How's that sound? Oh, that number's getting saved. I'd save that number. All right. Uh, just a minute. Uh, Stacy weighed in. The GL geologist. Ooh, uh, mother's yeah. really rumbling down in Peru. Mother is rumbling down in. It was over. It was a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I think it was a seven and a half on the mm-hmm. Richter scale. Mm-hmm. All right. Isn't it nice that we have our own personal geologist? Mm-hmm. All right. This uh, Jussie is that his name? Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett. Jussie, yes. Yeah. Uh, he. I bet he skates. I told. What did I tell you from the first I, day? I mean, define skates. I don't. Well, he's going to be charged with a felony, and I bet he will not serve any time. He will not spend a second behind bars. What about his career? I, That's in trouble. I don't know. He's already been. Uh, they I already wrote him, him off. I think yeah, they're they him already wrote him off the show. And that's about all he had going here's, for. Here's him. the problem. Check this out. His sympathizers will go to a default position and say, "Well, just because this didn't happen." It certainly could have. Oh, God. Because he will be portrayed as a likely candidate for this supposed hatred. Because he's black and he's gay and uh, uh, he doesn't like Trump. Uh, he's pictured with a very inelegant T-shirt on on the Drudge Report today with a profanity Trump. Yeah, he know. really went after the president prior to this non-attack but, but the mysterians the mysterians will say uh that he was entirely justified in attempting to uh, portray portray himself as this put upon victim that he's entirely justified because he's a marginalized citizen i don't i personally don't believe he is he was a successful actor or whatever the hell he was Meaning he had a, he had a tough life because he may have been gay well, because he's black and gay he uh, the, the default position will be uh, that he is deserving of our sympathy, and that he uh, he didn't he didn't realize that uh, he was going to bring about so much uh, trouble. Uh, John Cass of the Chicago Tribune had a great piece today. He was livid. Cass was that Chicago uh, used twenty two detectives on this case, and it was Cass's point that uh, 
from the time Smollett uh, set up this fake attack, Mm -hmm. 18 murders occurred in Chicago. And it was Cass's point that we we couldn't afford 22 detectives for this fruitcake, Mm -hmm. basically, is what he was saying. But I, I, I just I, I predict that that some great accommodations will be made for him, and uh, his his lawyers are already uh, uh, sowing the seeds of of uh, poor police work and a rush to judgment. The rush to judgment was by the left. Right. The rush to judgment was this absolutely did happen. There were people who needed this to happen because it corroborates their worldview. Cass had another great point. He's a good columnist. We're going to call him sometime. Boy, wouldn't you love to... Well, you guys didn't read him. You're too young. I would love to uh, have known what Mike Royko would have said about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cass had another great point. We're not a hateful country. There are isolated instances Mm -hmm. of hatred. Yes. But we're a pretty good country. And what the left keeps selling is that we're horrid. The left keeps selling the idea that we're horrid. The left could not glom onto this case fast enough to embrace him and to say, I'm sorry for you, and and on and on and on and on. It didn't happen, and they were acting that way. It didn't even happen. And as Charles Barkley has said, oh, man, you're going to commit a crime. Don't write a check. <laughs> <laughs> Barkley, I love Barkley. Oh, I wish he'd run for president. She's terrible. Don't write a check. Oh, he's got to get rid of the paper trail. Yeah, but and they, they, you know, they have a check that he wrote to these two guys. Oh my God, thirty-five hundred bucks. Here you go. This is your paper trail. My point being that among the things abandoned to bring about the mystery are standards, mm-hmm. and if you meet. The template of the mystery, if you can be identified somehow as marginalized, victimized, either by your race or your sexuality or, or your gender or whatever, then there are no standards. Standards are for other people. And, and Mysterians have successfully or are successfully wiping out the standards. I can link this to talking to the sheriff from Pinal County in Arizona. Mark Lamb. You have people in this country that see the wall as uh, an example of American privilege and authority, and it's unfair to people to erect a wall. And and Trump is seen as this horrible uh, racist who wants to keep out people this pure he's seen as a he's seen as a pure a blonde-haired blue-eyed purist but the standard that's been demolished the standard is we have every right in the world to have a sovereign country and we have every right in the world to properly manage the people who want to live here we don't intend to keep anybody out mm-hmm. but we have every right in the world to establish the standards that prevent these coyotes running all the way up into Mark Lamb's territory, (laughs) scrambling across the desert. Are they desperate human beings? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But let's funnel them to the correct way to get into the country. We're going to get you some help here. Here's the way you do it. Wouldn't that go a long way also into putting these cartels out of business? You know, I had a really troubling and deep thought when he mentioned it's, that. It's very troubling to me that you've had a deep thought. Are you sure? Let's decide. With the amount, he called it, a billion dollar industry oh, at least and i'm not here to suggest that this is happening but would you be surprised if some rejected the wall because some have been bought off no, nothing surprises me anymore and that, that's the thought i had yeah. no, it would not surprise me if that's why some of these politicians are against the idea of having a wall if smollett 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 J- jersey Just, Sm- will you foghorn yeah, that yeah. First name in oh this God. knucklehead. Yeah. Had a deep thought. Jesse. Oh, it was a nice, it was, deep. it was deep, it was okay, it was a deep thought. It's Smollett. If Smollett can be defended by the Mysterians, and I predict he will be, because he fits the template 
of a marginalized victim of society, then can you imagine that the Mysterians are easily able to apply that to these people who want to come into the country? They're put upon. They're victimized. They're brown-skinned. They're, they're uh, fleeing this, fleeing that. And, and all I think I all, saying. all serious people want to do is establish an order for this. It's not, and Trump isn't the first president to, to do anything. He might be the first president who intends to complete this mission. To act. To, yeah. to Other, physically uh, act. Uh, you know, Obama's talked about walls. W talked about walls. They all talk about walls. At the back of everyone's mind is the idea that the United States does get to protect its sovereign nation status. We're a sovereign country. You just can't turn it over to anybody you want. Right. So... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, oddly, okay. I don't. That might be a poor link between Smollett and uh, Pinal County, but I, I just have this uh, dreadful feeling that what you're going to see as this Smollett case plays out mm-hmm. is that uh, uh, he'll either achieve some sort of victory in the judicial system. His, his lawyers might be able to paint the picture that uh, he was the he was a victim of poor police work, and the police shouldn't have said what they said as soon as they did, and on and on and on and on. And you'll have uh, virtually all of the uh, Democratic candidates for president uh, uh, saying kind words about him. Well, uh, and I, he's a he's a bum. He's yeah, a he's bum. Really he's a, a bum. He's really a, a as he's far a bad as, guy, right? He and he's an idiot. He's an idiot. And he's an idiot. Uh, along those, you know, lines, I don't like my salary either, so I think yeah, I'm right. going to. What, uh, what can I do? Uh, I'm going to try <laughs> to dream up. Uh, yeah. um, Joe gave me and Rook ten bucks right. to stage euphoria and I'm going to give you each. I'm going to give you each ten dollars to uh, maybe trip me on the ice or something. My other car is electric. They had bumper stickers. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I read a Facebook post from a, a buddy of mine, Steve May. He's a hell of a negotiator, isn't he? Oh, he really yeah. is. Yeah. Here we go. What are you going to give me now? Uh, that along the lines of, of what you're talking about, the divided country, I just want to read this post, uh, and I commented on it. Read the last sentence of this history nugget, pretended patriotism. This guy, Steve, says, turn off your TV, Fox, or CNBC, and invite your neighbors over. Here's the quote. It's the birthday of the first president of the United States, George Washington, born in the colony of Virginia, 1732. Washington's father, Augustine, was a tobacco farmer, landowner, and slaveholder. Augustine had inherited much of the family's estate from his grandfather, John, who immigrated from England to Virginia in 1656. Augustine died suddenly of illness when George was just 11 years old, but George's mother, Mary, remained influential in his life. Where is this going? And lived to see her son elected as president. George traveled 50 miles to Mount Vernon to see his mother the day after he was elected, where he found her on her deathbed with breast cancer. He told her that he was going to decline the office, but she insisted that he go and fulfill the high density which heaven has ordained you to fill. Washington served as president for eight years. In his farewell address to the nation, he warned that his greatest fear for the new country was that forces would try to divide Americans and undermine the country's principles. He argued that citizens should come together to resist those people. His quote, guard against the impostures of pretended patriotism. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That works today. It works today. It really works, it works today. works today, brother, than it did then. Oh, my God. You know that he had wooden teeth? I did know that. Yeah. I saw uh, his choppers. You know, dental work back then was pretty... Uh, it was a little crude. It was, uh, it was primitive. Primitive. Yeah. Primitive. That's where you got your, your foot... Did they have the foot drill? No, they didn't have that. They would just, you know, you know, Bert out in the barn and carve you a set of teeth. Just wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) Describe for me the tool that extracted the tooth. A tong. Oh. Tongs. Did you see a tong? (laughs) I'm seeing tongs. Yes, it's that. Like you grab ice with. (laughs) Yes. Just, uh, and it was the color? It was black, gray, yeah, gray, gray, dark or black, gray or yeah. black, yes. and it was all stained from the fire. It was, it was not, um, it was not silver, and, and it didn't no. look like it was clean. No, and what was the anesthetic? The anesthetic was a shot of bourbon. Hooch, hooch, <laughs> you have hooch. Take a shot of this, and, and then we'll they fit you moment. for the new wooden teeth. By the way, oh. uh, we got home yesterday. Who's we? The, the kid. Or oh yeah, Wednesday night. Wednesday. He asked his mom, "Mom, what are British teeth?" Yes, of I gave the kid some grief because he's <laughs> missing have, some yes. teeth. He's missing like four choppers in the top row. Anything new from Dylan? Bob? Monday, bro. 
Johnny Height's going to bring in some new Dylan Height bumper music. Not funny to say Bob. Not funny. There is uh, new no. things from Bob Dylan, though. His kitchen sink. No. I saw His that. bathroom sink. Oh, is it up to four grand? Emailer Jason says, check out this example of power washing. God, I hate power washing. You love it, though, because it, it provides material for the show. <clears throat> A tweet from the Marketing Analytics Center at Emory University in Atlanta has gone viral. In the hockey world of all places. Power washing in the hockey world. It can't possibly. Hockey is just hockey, and that's what it is. No, the students at Emory believe the Nashville Predators should change their name to the Sabercats. Okay. Mm -hmm. What did I tell you the other day Uh, about the Edmonton, my son, the Edmonton Oilers? Oilers, The Oilers are going to be, because their fossil fuel is going to have to be changed. Now this from the Predators. How how many times? Can I finish this story? Yeah, okay. You getting a little worked up? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'll be over here. You leave getting the worked up part to me. Okay. Right? Yeah, I'm be over I'll here. get worked yep, up. I, gotta, I didn't have lunch. I'm going to get worked up. Some students are suggesting that the, uh, the club changes their name to Sabercats to get away from the stigma of the word predator. Unheard of. It, 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 it meets my definition of power washing. Yes. Because I never once associated the name with the act of human predatory behavior. Now it's power washed. Now these dark minds want me to see the name and only believe that it refers to, uh, well, obviously what they're intimating is what? Sexual predation. Yes. What did you, prior to reading this in your mind, well, Isn't their logo, call up their logo, isn't it a claw or something? I, I just thought. No, it's a, it's a, it's a cat's. Some kind of animal. With the, with the big uh, teeth sticking out. Yeah. Well, my point being, power washers ruin life for people. I yes. never, we're calling up the predators. Uh, uh, it's a, it's some kind of animal with fangs yeah. or something, isn't it? I mean, don't get me going on sports names. There aren't very many good no. names for teams. No. Especially I can count the them on ones. one hand. The new ones are all just... Oh. And I don't like Wild. I never did. No, it's a dumb name. The Predators just beat a, a pretty beat-up L.A. Kings club, 2-1. to one. Uh, Students suggest rebranding NHL's Nashville Predators to the Sabercats to get away from the stigmas associated with the word Predator. Uh, rebranding is common in sports, but uh, the reactions to this particular idea were primarily negative. After facing backlash from fans, one of the students in the group defended their project. Actually curious, are you seriously offended by the use of the word predator, or do you pretend to be for the sake of the project? The assumption that we actually offend at all, I think, is what drives most people. Replies here, this is a student. Uh, but you that this this fulfills a proper definition of power washing. When you have taken something that no one was associating with predatory behavior, mm-hmm. and you and you stigmatize the word, uh, that's power washing. You've taken something innocent, and how can the how long? You know what though? Isn't it funny? I'm going to make a link. The left doesn't care about the devils. Oh, good point. Ooh, yeah. Huh? But it, they'd care. Well, and they, and they don't care about the saints either. In fairness, so I guess saints and devils is okay. Angels, angels. Yeah, I'm surprised though. That saints and angels are not facing scrutiny. What was the uh, what was the Seinfeld bit? Where, I don't know. That's uh, a long was, time ago. Where he was dressed up as the devil, uh, Elaine's boyfriend. I'm not recalling. Anyway, they were Sorry. trying to tr- change the name because the, someone was petrified about the name Devils. The franchise, That's what I'm picturing now. The franchise held a vote with the fans to choose a team name. Three candidates were chosen from the Ice Tigers, Fury, and Attack. Another choice, Predators, was added to the vote. Predators won the vote, and they're boom. Ice Tigers. There's a lot of lousy names in sports. Uh, and if you're going to be a power washer, you could go after most of them. You know, Vikings were pillagers, weren't they? Weren't yes. They? Yes. Saints. Oh, yeah. You already called Saints. I'm surprised um, Saints uh, and Cowboys. Angels. Cowboys. That's that's uh, misogynistic, isn't it? Sexist. Uh, it's just it's just ridiculous. Power washing is insidious. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. So is this ISIS bride. Did you guys follow this with the, the chick from Alabama? Who? Yes. The father of the Alabama woman 
begging to be let back in the U.S. after leaving years ago to join ISIS, is now launching a legal campaign against President Trump, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and Attorney General William Barr. Attorneys from the Constitutional Law Center for Muslims in America, they filed a lawsuit on behalf of Ahmed Ali Muthana, arguing his daughter, Hoda, and her 18-month-old son should be allowed to return to to should be allowed to return to America, and her citizenship, which the U.S. government disputes, should be recognized. The suit also seeks a judgment that Muthana's father is entitled to send his daughter money to ensure the survival of his daughter and grandson and enable them safe passage home without, without subjecting himself to criminal liability. Uh, Muthana currently is living in a refugee camp in northeast Syria, and she is willing to pay whatever debt she has to society, even if it means serving a lengthy prison sentence, her family's lawyer told Fox News Thursday. Not me. I say stay there, lady. That's enough. No, you made your choice. You you stay there. Uh, I have many predictions about this, by the way, along the lines of... I don't think I'm going to like one of them. Along the lines of Jersey Smollett. In 2015... Muthana allegedly operated a Twitter account that on at least one occasion tried to incite Americans to commit acts of violence on national holidays. Pompeo, though, has said Muthana is not an American citizen and Trump has vowed not to let her back into the country. In Ms. Muthana's words, she recognizes that she has ruined her own life, but she does not want to ruin the life of her young child. The attorneys who filed the lawsuit in U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia told AL.com in a statement, citizenship is a core right under the Constitution and once recognized should not be able to uh, be unilaterally revoked by tweet, no matter how egregious the conduct may be. B.S. B.S. You wanted to kill everybody, a word I can't say. I can. It's a podcast. The hell I can't. Uh, Zudi Jassar, the founder of and president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, a group that describes itself as a Muslim-led organization uh, working on the front lines for reform at all levels of the Muslim community, told Fox News the government shouldn't even bother with Muthana. She became, well, good for this guy. Right. She became not only a terrorist, she became an enemy of our country, and if she did believe in this citizenship oath, she abandoned it and actually violated it and became an enemy combatant, he said on America's Newsroom. That's from Zudi Jasser, the founder and president of American Islamic Forum for Democracy. Good for him. Right. Now my predictions. Is Pat already available? Yeah, he had to come in a, a couple minutes early. What are you early. showing me, Rook? I can't see it. I got a lot on my right. mind. Okay, well, play the theme for Patrick, then I'll get back to this. Breaking news on Jesse Small at Patrick's Take. (laughs) Jersey. Jesse. Jersey. (laughs) I know it ain't Jesse. Hey, Pat. My take is, who is he? Yeah. Pat, how about that Robert? Not about him, but I don't know who he is. Pat, how about that Robert Kraft? Yep, it's good. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a billion dollars. Yep. He's got he got numerous billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And he's going to a massage parlor where it costs either $59 or the $79 for the super special. Uh, you know, if he's really, I know he's a widower now, and blah, 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 but if, why doesn't he fly in a hooker on a private plane from Vegas for yeah. about 10000 Right. Uh, or go get a date. Go to a senior center and get a date. Yeah, yeah, he could get a date. <laughs> he could definitely get a date. And he probably wouldn't have to go to the senior center. He could just go up and show him his, uh, his, his uh, life savings. Did you and I, uh, correct me, I can't recall, did you and I discuss the Kuchar caddy problem? Yes, we did. We did, okay, uh, okay. We uh, bad-mouthed him properly. Yeah, all right. uh, Ten minutes, eight minutes here. All right, all right. Yeah, this is worse, by the way. This is worse than, you know, a low ball at your your caddy. This is worse. That being so damn cheap, you go to the Oasis, where, by the way, it's... uh, uh, what Chinese women who aren't allowed to leave, right? Yes. I have no idea. I didn't read the story. Yeah, no, that's what. Yeah, they're saying that it's like, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, the worst kind of uh, of, uh, of brothel type oh. of thing. So, anyway. uh, how's your ball club? Well, hey, they got better just now, about an hour ago. They agreed to terms with Marwin Gonzalez, uh, one of the great utility players in the game, 28 years old. Gave him, uh, in fact, I had the MVP ballot two years ago. I voted for him eighth. He had a great year for Houston. He wasn't as good last year. But he's going to be 29 here pretty soon, another Venezuelan, and he can play all over. He can, you can play him anywhere you want. He's a switch hitter. He can play third, uh, you know, when Miguel's going to DH or take a day off or, you know, never have his heel. Uh, and, uh, you know, he can play short. He can play anywhere in the infield. And uh, he, he plays in the outfield, too. He's played some center field. He's the super utility man. And uh, two years, 21, he was kind of holding out, hoping somebody would give him three, but nobody did. So he uh, he took this deal, and uh, and it looks like Adrian Anza, who's, who's been a decent player for them, has got some issues in his uh, shoulder issues, and they're probably going to start the year on the DL. Okay, did, so they needed, they did, needed this guy. Did Sano show up with the bum heel? Yes, he had a cut, on. Uh, they won the... Uh, championship over there and the Dominican the team he was playing for he played for him for about the last two and a half weeks and they won the championship for the first time in 50 some years so they had a civic celebration the next day and uh, somebody spilled a drink I don't think it was him on the stage and then somebody fell down in front of him and then he fell down on him and uh, and cut the back of his heel I guess and it's a, it's a horizontal cut it's not a it's not a vertical cut, so I guess it. You know they're having a, they're having a much harder time. It wasn't like the uh, who was the Boston Healing. pitcher that had the fake red mark. It wasn't one of those where you just put a red marker no, on no, it. No, to... not like Kurt Schilling with the bloody sack. <laughs> okay. who, uh, okay. You know, you basically went in and put food coloring on it <laughs> to make it to make himself a, a hero of a Red Sox nation. So, hey Pat, remind uh, me uh, a couple of years ago when the Strohs won the World Series and uh, they were here and the Twins held them to forty runs in three games. Who yeah. was the was it the manager or was it a fellow player? That that called Marwin the MVP of that team. Yeah, well, a lot of them did, and then of course Altuve became the actual MVP. Right. Uh, but uh, I had, you know, I had two Astros on my ballot, and he was the I had Altuve at the top, and then uh, Gonzalez was uh, really good. That I think he knocked in eighty some runs this yeah. year and played all over. Ended up having six hundred bats. He's another Venezuelan, so just. But the good news is I don't think this is going to cost uh, Williams Osdio his spot on the roster. That's what we're most concerned about. All right. Uh, they have a game as soon as what? This weekend? Tomorrow. They got mm-hmm. two. They mm-hmm. got a uh, 1 o'clock game and then a uh, uh, 1 o'clock game in Sarasota and a 6 o'clock game at home. And uh, the uh, I think there's going to be a Marwin Gonzalez press conference in the middle of this. So it'll be a... Uh, He's apparently driving over from Jupiter. Now take it easy here, and uh, that's where Bob Kraft does his business, by the way. <laughs> and uh, he's driving over from Jupiter. He's going to take the physical tonight, and uh, will be announced tomorrow. And then he's going to fly to Houston to get his stuff for a couple of days because he's been working out on his own over in Jupiter because he didn't have a team. So I, I'm kind of surprised Houston didn't keep him for this kind of money. They must have some kid that they want to put on the roster or something. That's it's not bad. But the poll ads, the cheap poll ads, yeah. now ninth in free agent spending this offseason. Really? And more than anyone in the uh, in the uh, American League Central, as I keep writing, one of the poll ads going to learn you can't buy a pennant. That's, that's right. right. That's yep. right. <laughs> hey, can, can or should the Gophers make it to the uh, – tournament no they, they sure the hell shouldn't right. I, yeah if they uh, uh here's i think the game sunday is if, if they get beat at rutgers uh, uh you know if they only win one of these last four i suppose if it's purdue it'd help them but you, you can't get the tournament at eight and 12 in the league for right sake. right you know i've detected their problem i've said this on twitter a couple of times they're pretty good if the other team doesn't guard them. When the other team guards them, they got issues. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, they, you know, when they got one of those crazy teams, it just likes to let them do anything they want to. But 
the, the biggest problem really is this Amir Coffey is their best player when he's when he's their best player and one of the best guards on the floor. They're pretty good, but man, he's got Andrew Wiggins type clinkers going. He does. Last night, two out of fourteen. Wow. We don't have very good teams here, Pat. We're on a we're in a slump. Nah, well, the Wild are hot though. Now they've wouldn't won one. The, wouldn't it be something if the Wild like? Well, the Wild are amazing because they stink at home. Yep. Right. I mean, the last two home games have been four to nothing. Right. And my grandson Luke Dillon didn't attend either of them. So well, he's, <laughs> he's not allowed to. He's not allowed to. Yeah, they're still hanging around the playoffs, but that's another one and done if they make it. Mm-hmm. They're just not very good. Yesterday, boys, you know, uh, Nick Gaffardo, uh, you know, great Boston Globe baseball columnist, good guy. We see him down here all the time in spring. And uh, it's an embolism, uh, arterial embolism, and dies at the complex over there yesterday, uh, 62 years old. uh, He didn't know what hit him, though, did he? No, I don't think so. No, no, it just happened. And uh, they... uh, they, I didn't pronounce him uh, dead until two hours later, but I, 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 you get the impression that he was never really, never really had a chance. But yeah, good guy, really good. Uh, uh, you know, the Red Sox are so important in Boston that you have a columnist that travels with. He's the Red Sox columnist, mm-hmm. uh, so he goes along, and uh, so you'd see we'd see him all the time at Target Field and all the time down here, and. Uh, yeah, low-key guy, but uh, watching him write, it was always like you looked over there and you said, okay, he's got something. He's confident here. Mm-hmm. He's not nervous about what he's going to write for tomorrow. He's got something. He's one of those guys that, that always had something. He never had to write nothing. He always had something. Shaughnessy had a really good piece today about him, Pat. I, I'm sure you yeah, saw sure. it uh, online yeah. today, but, man, it was good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, well, he, you know, he was just – I mean, Alex Cora did – seven minutes on him. I don't think uh, there's many uh, Twin Cities ball riders that are going to get the kind of, kind of send-off from the team that uh, Nick did. In fact, Joe, there was a great quote. Was it, is it Pete Abraham, Pat, correct? Pete Abraham was he, his best buddy. Yeah, we had Pete on the, the – uh, remember that show yep. we used to do? We yep. had Pete on the show. <laughs> we did, and, and he had a great quote, Joe, about – the 18 inning game in the World Series this last year, and mm-hmm. and he says Nick looked over at him and said, "Isn't this great?" You know, all, all these guys are worried about else, deadline, and he's just a ball guy. The Preds casting like swearing like me. Yeah, uh, and Nick said, "Boy, this is great." Are you still uh, uh, uttering profanities to your in your thoughts? You know, I've had a fairly better week at it. All right, I, pretty good. Uh, I know I was driving this morning, and I don't think I offered more than two or three F- F-bombs in my head. That's not bad. So, no, no. That's not bad. Not as bad as last week. Something was going on last week. I don't know what. Is the top so up or get, down today? Uh, oh, it's down. I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting to go into the Publix to get a couple of items. I got a, uh, I got a, uh, I got a guest here the next few days, Mr. Wong, so I have to make sure he's properly uh properly uh, nourished if he uh, wants to be. I, I picture you going into Publix and saying, where is the where is the butcher? Where's the, where's the bleeping Chinese food? Yeah. <laughs> is the DA down there? Uh, she knows. She went home. She's coming back in a, in a week or so, but uh, here's a good one. She calls me yesterday, and the snowplow guy hasn't shown up, and she's got to get out of the garage. Yeah. And I said, well, she says, you got to get somebody to plow. I said, well, our neighbor who I could get, he moved. I don't have him. I don't have anybody else in the neighborhood, and I'm at Fort Myers. Well, don't you have a guy? Yeah, but he didn't show up. I don't know what the hell was going on. He was running. She had an emergency. She had to go to the store. Yeah. uh, so I did call somebody, and I got this place, and they were there within an hour, and they plowed her out, but it cost me 100 bucks. Wow. Wow. White gold. Usually, usually costs 35 White gold. Yeah, rough, aren't you? Don't you wish you were in the snowplow business this month? Holy I sure God. wish I was this month. It would be <laughs> it would be nonstop action. And then, of oh, course, yeah. I would come in, and Joe would say, you plowed last night, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> How can you tell? You're asleep at the board again. Yeah. Uh, hey, is it gonna? Why are we gonna get eight nine inches this weekend? Oh, God, no, not that much. But fifty mile an hour wind gusts. Oh, 
Sure is. Hey, that'll by do the it. way, what's the date today? 22nd. 22nd. Okay, we got six days in February. And then we got 27 days. Then we got 27 days in uh, March. So, Joe, we're less than five weeks from the opener. What are our odds of having a balmy day wow. on the 28th? I'm not liking our chances. I'm serious. They <laughs> open at home in March. Yes, March 28th. Well, there'll still be snowdrifts. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. They're going to have to get one of those jet airplanes in the, uh, in the stadium. They're going to land it in there. <laughs> hey, Arnold, tell me, how are we going to get an airplane in that stadium? How are we going to get a jet airplane in that stadium? God, I miss Calvin. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> yeah, see, he was, yeah, he didn't. He didn't, his analytics were, what's this guy going to cost me? You know, <laughs> you know what we saw there? We saw the last of the old-time owners. Oh, God, yes. Yep. Uh, he, was, uh, he, was, uh, he was a beauty. Mm-hmm. No doubt, All right, you, no get into, about that. you get into Publix and load up on the Chinese food for one. All right, I probably just had another call from uh, Alert, Senior Citizen Alert. They were driving me nuts. They're very worried I'm going to trip and fall, and they want to be able to uh, yeah. have me have some mechanism attached to my forehead or something. <laughs> Well, if you do go down, the worst thing, the worst thing of being seventy, all these jackasses trying to sell you crap. Yeah, that's true. If you do go all down, right. don't forget that there's a place down in Southwest Florida called the Wound Care Center. They advertise on television. <laughs> the, the Wound, wound care. care Center. We've had numerous silver alerts here, by the way. Yeah. Where's always Granddad? A, always a 1997 caddy. Yep. <laughs> With a box of Kleenex and a VFW hat on the back shelf. <laughs> Poor bastards are out there lost. He's at the massage parlor. Why am Bob I laughing? Kraft. I'm almost there. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> All right, Patrick, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Oh. Uh, go ahead and take a little break. It is that time once again that we pick up that phone. We make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic, and now is the time for you to do the same. So do not delay. Do exactly what I did and pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh, and you will always get street talk. You will never get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is there for you and so many other GLers for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation. And he's with us once again. And boy, Josh, a lot of people must be going to the movies these days, huh? A lot of people must be going to the movies. I mean, it's not, I'll say the movie theaters are very excited that Taylor Swift, oh, you know Taylor Swift, the, uh, the girlfriend of Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think she's a singer, and I'm not, you know, just a singer of mild repute who probably puts more people into stadiums than do uh, many NFL football teams. Her, not only is her music selling big, but her movie of her last concert is packing in the theaters and helping all of the movie theaters generate some extra dollars. I'm not real big in looking at movie theaters per se, because it has been a tough business. So I have looked at, but not invested in, IMAX. I do like the picture quality that comes from, you know, from any IMAX theater, but that's something that we'll just mention in passing. But last night, when I say watching the movies, Chris, Netflix, probably a place that a lot of people have been spending a bunch of money on to watch movies and other shows at home. As Netflix reported better than expected numbers last night, big increase. And this is what most analysts look at. Not so much uh, Netflix's revenue, which came in in line. They do look a little at the earnings, which beat their estimates. But the big thing is the number of subscribers. And Netflix killed it just killed it on their increase in subs. Some of that comes from knocking the number of 
shared passwords that can be used for Netflix. Some of it is the change in pricing. And Netflix has increased, of course, the cost of uh, the monthly subscription without advertising. Yet, as they hope to get more subscribers who will take the lower tier that includes advertising, which would give Netflix another source of revenue. Netflix stock on the uh, news jumped a bunch. Last yesterday it closed at three forty two, opened at over four hundred dollars a share, and Netflix has seen a number of upgrades for their stock. This could well it did have a little spillover effect, but not to the usual suspects that are associated with movies. They they being Comcast, Paramount, Fox, and Disney. Those companies did not get the spillover from Netflix's move up, but favorite Amazon got some of that spillover effect, and Apple got a teeny bit. So that spillover from Netflix and the increase in the number of subscribers could, and I emphasize could, provide Amazon some additional lift when Amazon reports their earnings a week from now. When it comes to Amazon's earnings or Microsoft or Google, who also report next week, focus, at least with Amazon, is going to be on any increase in numbers in AWS to see if the growth rate has started to reaccelerate, as well as what their margins are in their retail business. So I'm very positive on Amazon, but I always throw that word of caution. Any one of those numbers could knock Amazon down a little bit, but I think there could be enough positive to give Amazon at least a small, a small boost. Amazon does face, you know, continued pressure from the Federal Trade Commission with their suit accusing Amazon of being an online monopoly. But that's a story for another day. Disney's got some tough sledding ahead in terms of being movies. They're still second to Netflix in terms of subscribers for their Disney Plus, but Disney has been losing subscribers to that, not gaining as Netflix is. Disney did release some new news relating to their change in structure to include entertainment, sports, and experiences, and people were very interested in looking at ESPN's numbers when it came to sports. Disney is looking at some alternatives to generate some more profits with ESPN, and I don't think they're going to spin them out because that still is a moneymaker for them, but I think they'll look at more combinations or partnerships with other companies who expand ESPN's uh, footprint. So in the meantime, I'm cautious on Disney, Netflix. If you're a subscriber, uh, buy a share or two. It might pay you back. Excellent advice, as always, Mr. Money Talk. Well, you heard him, GLers. Now is the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by doing exactly what I did. Pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and never, ever, ever sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you very much, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.